worthy. And uh, what a precious thought it is to know that He cares for us. That we can talk to Him. That He actually is He cares. He cares about those things that you asked prayer about this morning. Those things matter to Him. That's amazing. That's an amazing thought this morning. That, that, that the, of all the things of the world, that's it. What's important to you is important to Him this morning. That's good, isn't it? It's good. We've got a good God. I'm thankful for it. All right, who wants to start singing off this morning? Beth, oh, Joel's got one. Go ahead, Joel. It's a lifetime. I, uh, God put it back on my heart. I thought it'd be awful feeling, you know, that we just got to watch the movie about Paul. Ministry, you know, it's what me and Carlos was talking about there the other day. Well, all of us, you know, realize how how, how well we've got it made compared to the life they lived back then, you know. So, Paul's ministry.
between my heart and my hands Somewhere between my faith and my plans Somewhere between a whisper and a roar Somewhere between the altar
And I, and I won't go long-winded on this, but you understand when the Bible talks about our heart, it's not talking about this one. Right? It's talking about the very essence of who we are, our being. Right? It's, it's about all the things. You think about what the Scripture teaches about our heart. Uh, when you think about it and really stop, and if you went back and studied on it, uh, you'll see that it's with your heart you believe. Yeah. Right? With the heart man believes in the righteousness. Right? Uh, it's with the heart we trust God. Right? Amen. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Yeah. Uh, our hearts uh, is what gives us the ability to desire. Uh, we even uh, we think with our hearts sometimes. We experience joy in our hearts. And with the same heart we can experience grief. Amen? Amen. Our personality, our attitudes, our, our almost behaviors and characteristics come from the heart. Yeah. And Jesus said that our hearts follow our treasure. Amen? Mm -hmm. Where your treasure is, mm -hmm. there will your heart be also. Amen. So the heart is what we are called to guard and to keep and to uh, examine often. And So that's why I want you to turn into Proverbs chapter 4 this morning, if you will. If it's been a while since you read the book of Proverbs, take, take, go back and take a read. Lots of wisdom in that book. Lots of great, um, uh, great tidbits of wisdom, great Proverbs. Uh, but Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23 is what I would like to bring your attention to this morning. Before we read, let's take just a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We know, God, that we need your blessing, Lord. We need anointing to be able to preach, God. God, it's not, uh, it's not men's words that have power, God. It's your word. Your word is able to do things in our midst today that we never even dreamed of, God. So, God, we take it serious this morning, God, as we open our Bibles, God, as we look. We want to hear you speak to our hearts, God. We need it, Lord. We pray, God, for your blessing, your presence, God, and your power to be in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. He says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your hearts. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Amen? Amen. The issues of life spring forth from the heart. That's where they come from. Here's the reality this morning. If you have a spiritual heart problem, you're going to be spiritually sick. Right? If something is not right in here, something won't be right everywhere. The reality is this morning is that we have to examine ourselves. A spiritual heart problem will even cause issues in, in your regular everyday life. Not, be, not having things right with God has ripples all throughout your life. Amen? Amen? It impacts your relationship with other people. It impacts your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your church, with, with your uh, co-workers at work. It impacts your attitude. It impacts your everything. And that's what he's teaching us here is that all these things come from the midst of our hearts and we're to keep that heart with diligence. We're to make sure that we guard that heart for out of it is going to spring up all the issues of life. And a spiritual heart disease will 
show itself in a lot of ways. And so we got to examine ourselves to see where our hearts really are this morning. But the only way that we can truly do that this morning, you have to examine yourself against the truth. You have to be able to go back to the truth. So many times when we talk about examining ourselves or when we go through a process of self-examination, we try to compare our hearts to our own standard of what's right. You understand what I'm preaching? We, try to, we, we think what we think is good and bad and we look at our hearts and we say, okay, I'm in good shape. But it's not our standard that matters. It's not what we think is good or bad that's important. It's not what we, how we think we're doing that's important. It's how God sees it, according to truth. And if we don't compare ourselves to our own standards, then what we'll do sometimes is we'll compare ourselves to those around us. Amen? Amen. We'll look around at other people and we'll say, well, I don't do what they do, so I must be pretty spiritual. Amen? Yeah. Well, they do this, so and I don't, so that makes me a, a, a spiritual giant, a champion of sorts. Right? But God never told us to compare ourselves to others. We're never, I'm never called to look at Brother Joel's life, and if he's not living the way I'm living, to look down on him and to say, well, I must be good with God because Joel's worse off than me. Amen? The standard isn't Joel. The standard isn't Bill. The standard is Christ. Amen. 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 That's the one standard that we all have. And so, so we don't need to compare ourselves to others. And, and, and then if we don't do that, you know what we'll sometimes do? We'll compare ourselves to the culture. So we'll say, hmm, well, I don't listen to secular music, so obviously I'm spiritually superior. <laughs> right? Other people, I'm not like the world because I don't do this one thing that the world does. Well, being worldly is not determined by one thing. Amen? Amen. Being worldly is also a heart problem. It's a problem within your heart. So we can't, we, 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 we can't determine the truth against somebody else or against our own standard or against our culture. So we have to turn to the only source of truth that we have. We've got to compare ourselves to the Word of God. Amen. You said, well, you said a minute ago, Christ, those two were the same. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who became flesh and dwelt among us? Christ. He is the Word of God. Right? So, so when we compare ourselves to the Word, now the Word is a powerful weapon when it comes to examination, and it will expose all the truth about our hearts. Yes. <laughs> if you read the Word and take it for what it says, and not try to figure out how to make it say what you want it to say, Amen? amen. amen. Do you know we do that sometimes? Yeah. We try to find a way to make the Word say what we want it to, or we don't like what it's teaching, and so we try to find a reason why Maybe that part's not valid anymore. And we'll try to figure out that way and, 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 and just turn it just enough so we can fit our beliefs in. There's no space for that in the Word of God. You've got to take the Word of God for what it says. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, The Word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. 
And it's able to pierce even to the division of soul and spirit down into the joints and marrow. And it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen? Amen. And the heart's what we're talking about, right? If you want to be able to get down to find out what your heart's really like and get through all the facade that you put on with everybody else and get through all the fakeness, you've got to get in the Word of God. Amen. Because it will tell you what's really in your heart. So I want us to look together there this morning in the Word of God and see that there may be some spiritual conditions that can set up in our hearts. And this is true even of a believer. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to get them fixed before they take root in us. I often think about the Scripture that talks about a root of bitterness springing up. And it reminds me, if you've ever been out and if you ever tried to uh, uh, pull up a, a, or, or, or take up a stump from a tree, and even a little tree, when you go to pull it out of the ground, if its roots are long, it is tough to get out. Amen? Amen? And if you, but if you don't get the whole root out, that thing will come back. Amen? Amen. It just takes a little while and all of a sudden it's back. That's the problem sometimes with us in sin. Now, I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Sometimes what we do is we clip the surface off of it, but we don't get down and get the root out of it. Amen? Amen. So, but if you want to get down, to, Jesus said the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Amen? Amen. You've got to get down to the root of the problem with sin to get it out. Now, as Christians, we're called to desire a clean heart and a pure heart. Yeah. We need to pray what David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Amen. Renew a right spirit within me. Amen? We need a pure heart. Jesus said, blessed are those who are pure in heart. So when we look at the Word of God this morning, let's look to see what the conditions are that can plague our heart and cause these spiritual sicknesses that bring about unnecessary problems in your life. That's the thing about this message for me this morning. Is that when I thought about it, I realized that just one of these problems can cause ripples in your life that make you unhappy. They can make you very unhappy. Right? I mean, just one of these conditions. And I've only got, I think I've got four that I wrote out in here this morning uh, and, and, and studied out that I wanted to share with you. But when you really stop and think about these, you can see that they can cause ripples in other areas. Just like we talked about. They can cause problems with your attitude. Problems at work. Problems at home. Problems with family. Problems with spouses. Problems with children. The first one. The, condition, the first condition of the heart is unbelief. In Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 through 15. You all are not in an excitable mood this morning. That's okay for this message. In Hebrews 3, 12 through 15. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Amen? As in the rebellion. Now here's what many Christians will do. Many Christians will read this and they'll say, it's talking about unbelievers. It's talking about unbelievers, right? If you hear God's voice today, don't harden your heart. Unbeliever, come to the Lord. But go back and look. Who 
is the warning to? Beware, brethren. Beware, brethren. Right? This is written to Christians. This is talking about us. And listen, it's possible in your life as a believer this morning, as a Christian, to have areas of unbelief. It's very possible. In fact, it's even probable that you have some. Areas where you don't trust God the way that He tells you you want to trust Him. Amen? Where you don't walk by faith, but you still walk by sight, even as a believer. Those areas exist, and this is what that boils down to. Now, it's just as simple as understanding that there is, in our life sometimes, Lack of faith in certain areas. And most of the time when we speak about faith, we try to paint it with a broad brush and say, well, you know, I I believe so I have faith. But you've got to get down to the small areas of your life. You can't paint it always with a broad brush. You've got to be willing to get specific. Let me give you an example. to help you understand what I'm trying to preach to you. Forgiveness. Right? That's 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 a good example. We all know in here today, if we're born again, you've heard it preached, you've heard it taught, that if somebody wrongs us, we are to forgive them. Amen. 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 Amen? Now we all know that everyone in here knows the Lord has commanded us to forgive. He's also even went as far as to tell us that the forgiveness that we extend to others will be the forgiveness that He extends to us. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's out of the Scripture. But, if, now, now listen, here's where we know if we've got a heart of unbelief in this regard. <clears throat> Do I still harbor unforgiveness towards anyone? If yes, I haven't believed God. Right? I mean, it's just that simple. We want to make it more complicated than that. We want to, as it's our nature to say, but this, but that, but, you know, you don't understand this happened and that. It's, it's as simple as you either have or you haven't. Amen? Amen. Now that's hard, but it's the reality this morning. And if you haven't, you lack the faith to do what God tells you to do in this area. That is an area of unbelief to you. It's a place where you don't believe the promises of God or you don't believe the Word of God. And it's just one example. And we could preach many of those. Amen? Amen. I thought about something. You can do the same process with prayer. Right? If you believe that God heard your prayer, and you believe that when you ask God in His will you would receive, would you not pray? Amen? But do you know how many Christians have practically no prayer life? That's an area of unbelief. They don't really believe God's listening. They don't really believe God's speaking. They don't really believe God's hearing. It's an area of unbelief in their life, right? Study. Uh, You can talk about that. You can talk about how we know that He says that we're to study the Word of God to show ourselves approved. Amen? We know that He says if we study, if we do our part, He'll give us wisdom. Amen? Amen? But if we believe that, would we not do it? You see, that might be an area of unbelief. Giving. We can talk about that. right? We could go on and on and on and talk about these things. But listen to me. The evidence for our faith in a particular area is not our words, but the action that we put behind it. 
Amen? Yeah. That's why faith without works is dead. Being alone because it's not real. It's not genuine. It's just words. I know I'm supposed to say this, so I say it, but it's not really something I practice in my heart. It's not something I believe or hold to. Do you want to know what the cure for that is? The cure for the heart of unbelief? It's in Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, listen, he says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Now, that, now God's telling us about His Word right there. Length of days, long life, and peace. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Amen. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and esteem in the sight of God and man. Here's the solution to the first problem. The heart of unbelief. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. And lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. Trusting in the Lord in every area of our lives is the cure. And guys, that's hard to do. Amen? It's hard to do. It's, listen, it's hard when God says, take no thought for what you'll eat. Take no thought for what you'll wear. Take no thought for what you'll put on. Amen? God says, I can take care of the sparrows. I can take care of you. Amen? But when that comes to practice, that's harder to do. Amen? But just because it's hard doesn't mean it gives us an out. So many times we say it's hard, and that's as far as we get. Let's realize and recognize this morning, yes, it's hard, we're still called to live it. Amen? Amen? Amen. We're still called. Hope I'm getting through to you this morning. You never know when you're preaching. Sometimes quiet means it's good and we're listening. Sometimes quiet means I wish you were done. But the reality, listen, if God says it, trust it. Amen? If God says it, that's faith in a nutshell. If God says it, I can trust it. I can believe it. Amen? If He says it's bad, I believe it's bad. If He says it's good, I believe it's good. If He says I should, I believe I should. If He says I shouldn't, I believe I shouldn't. Amen? It's that easy. If He commands it, do it. It may not make sense. Oftentimes, God's ways don't. To us. Because His ways are not our ways. Amen. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen? Amen? Why? Why didn't He make us think? He, because, it's not because our ways are higher. It's because His ways are higher. Amen? Amen? Because He has the infinite knowledge that we don't have. Yeah. Right? So he knows, how to, he knows how to get a good end, an expected end. Yeah. He knows how to get peace. Amen? He's the author of those things. Is Jesus not referred to as the Prince of Peace? Amen? It's not always going to make sense. It's definitely not always going to be easy. So many Christians think that the good way is the easy way. Amen? Our mindset has to change about this. The good God's way is not generally the easy way. It's generally the hard way, but it produces a better thing. Amen? You've got to go through the hardship to get the result that God wants you to get in your heart. It's not supposed to be easy. We'll get down and spend 
hours in prayer and say, God, make it easy. Make my life what I want. Make it do what I Instead of saying, God, make my life the way you want it to be, even if it's hard. Amen? Amen. Amen. But there's such a difference to that. We think that we know what's best for ourselves. We just got to get God in line with it. The reality is, is God knows what's best for us, even if it's not easy. And we've got to get ourselves in line with that. Does that make sense? I want to. Second heart condition you can have. So, so, So that condition is a heart of unbelief. Areas in your life where you have not trusted God to do what He said He would do, or you haven't obeyed God in a way that will help you to to overcome certain things. But the second area, the second condition is a hard heart. In Mark chapter 8, verses 17 and 18, let me read this one to you. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, now this is an interesting story, I'll fill you in after I read it. Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand? And how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said twelve. He said, what about when I broke the seven for the four thousand? How many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said seven. And he said to them, how is it you don't understand? An interesting story because what happened is in this story in Mark, Jesus had just fed the 4,000. He had just done this work and they got into a boat and they forgot to take the baskets of bread with them. And they began to wonder about what they would eat. The Bible says they only had one loaf. That's all they had. And they were wondering, what will we eat? And Jesus knew that's what they were thinking and He said... Why why are you even thinking that? Did you not just see me feed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread? You don't think I can feed 12 with one? Did I not before that feed 5,000? Do you not think I can take care? And so, so what he's saying here is he said, don't you get it? He said, is your heart still a heart that you can't understand? Look at at how he explains a hardened heart. He explains it like this. It's a heart that doesn't perceive or doesn't understand the simple truth. Amen? Amen. And then he he goes further and he says, it's a heart that doesn't see. It's got eyes, but it don't see. It's got ears, but it don't hear. Right? And and he said, it's a heart that doesn't remember. Amen? The things that God has done. It's so simple. Think with me for a moment. Are there areas in your life that you refuse to see or listen or understand God's truth for you? That's just so easy and so simple. How many sermons have you ignored because you don't want to change something about yourself? Amen? Amen. Because you just don't want... I mean, the reality is you just don't want to change. You've got to understand that, right? I can never get through to you until you understand that part. There are things that God has spoke to each one of us, me included, to each one of us, that He wants us to change, and we don't want to. 
So if we turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to it, we, we act like we didn't hear it. We try to go along with our life as if that's not the truth. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And we, we, we do that to ourselves. And, and, and you know full well, you say, I know the Scripture says this, but I can't do that, so... And you'll go on. That is a sign of a hard heart. Amen. That's, the, that's a symptom of a heart that's turning hard. Listen, there's areas in your life, it doesn't even matter if someone you love tells you about an issue, you don't want to hear it. Amen? Right. You don't want to hear it. They can see something in you and they try to help you understand it and you don't want to see that at yourself. You don't want to hear that. And the reality is it's because you don't want to change it. How many friends have you avoided over the years because you knew every time they were around, they told you about something about yourself? Who do you think sent them to you? It was the Lord. You avoid God's house because you don't want to deal with your sin. Amen? Amen? You don't want to deal with it. So you avoid the house of God because you know there it'll be confronted. It'll be dealt with. It's going to be called out. It's going to be spoken of. Right? And so rather than have to live with it and deal with it, you'll just avoid going. You'll find reasons not to go. Amen? Because somebody's going to confront your lukewarm, filthy, wicked heart. Amen? Amen. Every time you show up, it's going to happen. God's going to speak to it. And you don't want to hear it. That's a hard heart. When we don't want to hear what God is saying to us, that's a hard heart. Another way we harden our hearts sometimes is that, that we will not trust in the ability or the strength of God, maybe it's the best way to say it, for ourselves. See, that's what Jesus was saying. They didn't trust His ability to take the one loaf and feed them, even though they'd seen Him, take the seven loaves and feed 4,000. And so sometimes we don't trust God's ability to do something for us. I know lots of Christians who can tell me truth for my life, but they struggle to believe it for their own life. You understand what I'm preaching to you? They can tell you how you ought to do and how you need to be, and the way, but they can't seem to get a hold of it themselves. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Also, you can get a hard heart. He talks about it there in Hebrews by the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, there may be areas in your life where you've been deceived by temptation from sin, and now, but now you've fallen into that sin, and you refuse to correct that path you're on because your heart's got hard. Yeah. You know why? Because it's a sin that we love and we don't want to let go of. Amen. Now these are often sins that provide us with some temporary pleasure or temporary entertainment, temporary joy. Amen? Amen. And we don't want to let go of those things because if we do, deep down we feel like we'll be missing out. We feel like, oh well, I, you know, I, I, I won't, my life won't be as good without this thing in it. <laughs> Amen? Maybe you're not. Maybe, maybe I'm not preaching to you. Maybe I'm just preaching to me. We'll convince ourselves that things that are clearly sins are not sins. 
Amen? I'm talking about we will absolutely become deceived. That's why he says the deceitfulness of sin. Because, because it deceives you into believing if you let it go, life won't be as good without it. It won't be as fun or as exciting. Somehow you're missing out. You want to know what the cure for that one is? Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. Same cure. But listen to what he says this time. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That leaning not to your own understanding, what he's teaching us is that our understanding is flawed. Amen? That our under, we can be deceived. Guess who can't be? God cannot be deceived. Amen? And so He's never fallen for a trick or a snare of Satan. He's not ever going to be deceived. And so he's, when He says, with, with, lean on Me and not on your own understanding, that means don't trust what you think is good. Trust what I say is good. Don't trust what you think you should do. Trust what I tell you you should do. Don't lean to your own understanding. Lean on mine. If we lean on our own feelings and our own thoughts, then we're destined to fall. But if we lean on God, He's that He who is able to keep you from falling. That's the way the Scripture describes it. The third condition of the heart. I'll try to get through this. So, so you've got you've got there a, a heart of unbelief and a hardened heart. Then there's another one, a divided heart. In, Hos- in Hosea ten and one and two, he talks about Israel. He says Israel has emptied its vines. He brings forth fruit for himself according to the multitude of his fruit. He's increased the altars according to the bounty of his land. They have embellished his sacred pillars. Their heart is divided. Now they are held guilty. He'll break down their altars. He'll ruin their sacred pillars. What Israel had done here was Israel had stopped bearing fruit for God and started bearing fruit for themselves. Amen? Amen? They emptied their minds, right? And so the more they prospered, the more that they felt that they were being blessed, the more divided in heart they became. They began to love the things that they had more than the, than the one who gave it to them. Amen? And so they began to build altars and, and worship other gods, and they, their hearts continued to divide. Can I tell you that that is a great sickness in the church today? Many churches no longer bear fruit of righteousness, but they only bear fruit for themselves. Amen. Amen? It's only for themselves that they bear that fruit. But in the lives of individual Christians, it's even more prominent. It's really simple. A divided heart is a heart that tries to love God and love the world too. Amen? Amen? It's a heart that tries to do both. It's a heart that wants the best of the world and the best of the Lord. They want the blessings of God and the pleasures of sin. They want the praise of God and the praise of men. Amen? They want eternal life and the pleasures of Egypt. Right? They want it all. They want salvation, and they want the, the, but they want the world's uh, uh, lifestyle and way of living. You can't have both of those. A divided heart, listen, it'll switch back and forth based on who it's around and where it is. When they're in church, they're spiritual. <laughs> Nobody comes into church and acts carnal. Amen? Amen? When they're in church, they're spiritual. 
But when they're out with their lost co-workers, they're carnal. Yeah. That's a divided heart. That's a symptom. When you act different in here than you do out there, that's a symptom. Amen? Amen. They've got a Bible in one drawer at the house, and in the drawer right beneath it, they got some snuck book. Amen? Yeah. they got a prayer on their lips one minute, and the next minute, they're, they're, they're cussing somebody out. Around certain people, they're meek and they're humble and they're kind. And around others, they're mean and nasty. Yeah. Amen? Amen? One minute they post a scripture on Facebook, the next minute they're running somebody down. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You think it ain't out there? I see it Amen. all the time. Amen. Bitter water and sweet water, the Bible says, can't come from the same Amen. fountain. Amen? Amen? It don't come out of the same place. Where's the fountain? The heart. Right? It's either good or it's not. It can't be both. It can't, listen, you can't, you can't, and I, 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 I'm preaching to Christians now, you cannot act like the world one minute and then say you love God the next and expect to have any influence in the world. Amen. You can't post something Awfuls with some nasty words in it on Facebook, and then expect everybody to want to, uh, uh, you know, in the next post, tell everybody about some prophecy you dreamed of. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It happens all the time. Guys, we can't live two different lives. We're either all in or we're not. Amen? Amen? We're either serving God or we're not. You're either serving the Lord or you're serving the world. You can't have both the God of the Bible and the man of God. Amen? Yeah. You can't have both. You can't have a divided heart. I believe James says, Brethren, these things ought not to be so. <laughs> Blessings and cursings from the same mouth. With one mouth we bless God and with the same mouth we curse men. You can't do that. You cannot do that. Now you can come into the house of God and convince yourself that you can, but you know what that shows? You've got a heart of unbelief. Right? You don't believe what God says. God says you can't. But you think you can. I know which one's right. See, one of the marks of a mature Christian is consistency. Consistency in our attitude. Consistency in our behavior. Consistency in our beliefs. Consistency in our actions. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Amen? But a man who's single-focused, if thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. You don't know what the cure is? Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. With all your heart. Not, not part of it. But all of it. See a divided heart? Doesn't trust in the Lord with all of it. Only with part of it. Amen? you got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. See that, that's the key with all of this there. A lot of people trust God with some of their heart. A lot of people love God with some of their heart. A, 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 a lot of people... A lot of people uh, 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 follow God with part of their heart. But that's why we got so many weak, carnal, watered down Christians in churches. 
Because we're not all in. Amen. Amen? Amen. That's hard preaching. I know it. God says all of it. When you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. Amen? Amen. Amen. All of it. you got to be all in. All the way. Amen. Let me tell you the fourth one. I'm trying to get that. She liked it. <laughs> fourth one is a cold heart. Cold heart. This is usually kind of the last stage where the heart becomes cold to everything. Matthew chapter 24, verses 11 through 13, he said, Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of men will wax or grow cold. But the one that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. See, a cold heart is just that. It's just cold. It's just it no longer burns in love for God. It no longer burns in love for His kingdom. It's no longer motivated by the things of God. It's no longer in love with the church. It's no longer in love with the people of God. Do you know what a cold heart's in love with? Itself. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Self-righteousness and self-centeredness are marks of a cold heart. Self-righteousness is a person begins to feel righteous because of their own works. Right? It's not because of the grace of God any longer. It's because I'm a preacher. Well, I'm pastor for this amount of years, so that's why I get to go to heaven. Wrong. Well, there's a lot of people that want to hear that call me for advice, right, when they're in trouble. That'll get me to heaven. Wrong. Well, I give a lot of money to the church. Wrong. I've memorized a ton of scriptures and I've done this. Not enough. That's all self-righteousness. That's all symptoms of a cold heart. The only thing that's going to get you into heaven is when Jesus Christ washes your sins away and you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. When He puts His Spirit within you, He gives you a new heart, a clean heart, and a new spirit He puts within you. That's regeneration. It's called being born again. Let's be clear this morning. When we forget how bad our condition was that God brought us out of, how far the grace of God has brought us from, we get cold and self-righteous. We start thinking that, that we're doing God a favor. Well, I've done this and I've done that. Let me give you an example this morning out of the Scriptures in Luke chapter 7, verses 39 through 43. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus to his house to eat saw this, now, remember, this is when the woman came in, poured out the perfume, and washed his feet with her tears, and dried them with the hairs of her head. He said, when the Pharisee saw this, he said, if this man was a prophet, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner this is that touches him. She's a sinner. And Jesus answered and said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. He said there was a certain creditor that had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And neither of them had nothing by which they could repay. He freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which one will love him more? Simon said, well I suppose the one that he forgave more. He said, you have rightly judged. This don't mean that the people that God has forgiven, there's bad degrees. You know what this is talking about? This is talking about we progress in our life and we forget where God brought us from. 
And we start feeling a little self-righteous in ourselves, right? And we start looking down on other people and we start thinking, well, you know, who are they and who's this and who's that? And Jesus is reminding us, hey, when you think I only gave you 50, you only love me 50. But when you remember that I forgave you 500, you'll love me like I forgave you 500. Amen? Amen. We need to remember, church, that we were wicked sinners. Amen. That our condition prior to being saved was absolutely, totally depraved. Yeah. No hope of God. Amen. None. No claim to any righteousness. No goodness. Nothing. Filthiness is all we were. But God yeah. stepped in. Saved us. Washed us. Made us right. Helped us. Cured us of our sin sickness. Amen. Gave us a new heart, a new spirit. Wrote His law upon our hearts, on the tables of our hearts for us. When we remember that, we'll love Him like that. Amen. You want to know why sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're cold? It's because you've forgotten where God has brought you out of. That's why. Do you want to know why sometimes you feel indifferent to the gospel or to the preaching or to the singing? Why sometimes you can't cry and sometimes you can? It's because you sometimes forget just how good God has been to you. How much He's forgiven you for. Guys, you think about just this week how much He's had to forgive you for. Amen? Amen. Am I preaching to you? How many wicked thoughts have run through your mind? How many wicked things have crossed your path? How many times that you have sinned and fallen short just this week? God didn't forgive me 500. He forgave me billions upon billions. So how could I not love Him? How could I let my heart get cold? For a God who, when we get down in prayer, as wicked as we are, promises because of Christ, He'll hear us. We get too self-righteous. And it causes our heart to get cold. And then self-centered. Listen, that's just a person that thinks or cares more about themselves than they do about others. We think more about ourselves than we do about the others that God has placed in our path. That he expects us to care for. Yeah. You understand that this morning? Let me preach that just to you for just a second. The people that are in your life, God has placed them there. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. God has placed those people in your life for you and for them. They need you, you need them. You're supposed to care for them, they're supposed to care for you. How do we know that we pass from death unto life? Because we love the brethren. Amen? Amen. We love each other. That's how we know. We need to just change our perspective a little bit here. You know, your, 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 your spouse, your, your children, your friends, your co-workers, your, your church family, God has placed those individuals in your life for a purpose. But we can't make a difference in their lives when we're totally wrapped up in our own. You understand what you, Let me say that again to you. You can't make a difference in anybody else's life when all your words about your own. What makes me happy? 
What do I want to do? What makes me the most comfortable? What makes me feel better? What is it I want? What is it I feel like I need? See, a cold-hearted person, it's all about them. And it shows. See, you can't hide these things because it comes out in the actions. You always will know a tree, guys, by its fruit. That's the principle that Christ taught us. It always comes out. It never fails. You'll know a tree by its fruit. Eventually, it'll become me, 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 I, 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 and you'll know self-centeredness is in there. Amen? Amen. You want to know the cure? Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. Did you hear that? In other words, let your life let Him be the Lord of it. Amen. Amen? When He says acknowledge Him, He's not saying in all your ways think of Him. He's saying in all your ways submit to Him. In every way submit to the Lord. Let Him direct your path. Let Him be the source of joy. Let Him be the source of truth. Let Him, be, let him show you where you need to be and who you need to be around. Let His righteousness be yours, not your own. Because your own is filthy rags. The reality this morning is is that we can get plagued in our heart by these things. We can have areas in our life that are full of unbelief. But we just don't trust God. Yeah. We, 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 can have, we can have a divided heart. Amen? Amen? A heart that tries to love God and love the world. We can have a hard heart. A heart that's just grown calloused and now loves its sin. <laughs> We can have a cold heart. There is one other option we can have. We can have a heart on fire. Amen. 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 We can have a heart that's on fire for God. We could we could get this stuff that keeps hindering us out. We can start taking things serious. Amen. We could cut off and pluck out. And care more about God than we care about anything else. Amen. That's so simple, isn't it, to say? Just care more about God than anything else. Just, just to be able to get down and what, what a powerful thing it would be if a person could get down and be earnest and sincere with God and say, God, more than I want anything else in this life, I'm willing to give everything else up. That I might have you. That I might have you. So many times when we've come to God before, now I'm done after this, okay? So many times we've come to God before, and, and it's all it's with conditions. Right? It's with conditions. It's God, I want this thing. God, I need that thing. And and God, I, I I'm here, you know, and I want you to do this thing for me. I want you to do this thing for me. But there's a time. That we've got to get our hearts to the place where we can say, God, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. But just to be, just to know you. Just to have you. To have you be the, I'll give it all up. Why do you think Jesus told that man, go and sell all you have? Because he's more than enough. He's, he is so enough. 
And he told that man that because he knew that man loved those things. I wonder what, what holds us from being able to sell all we have. Amen? I'm not talking about it in a literal sense. I'm talking spiritual. Right? What keeps us from being able to say, you know what? If I lost my job, if I lost my house, if I lost my whatever, I'm still going to love God. I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to be thankful. Right? Even if even if times are tough and times get hard, if I if I if I if this thing and that thing comes about, it doesn't matter. God, if you want me to suffer through that, that's fine with me. As long as you'll be with me, Lord. As long as you'll go with me, I can go anywhere. Amen? Amen. We guys, let me just tell you this. I'm trying to be done. We don't, we don't need money. We don't need fine things. We don't need things. It does not matter how we look. It does not matter how we dress. Those things are of zero importance in eternity. You spend your whole life chasing those things. It'll net you nothing. You'll have zero happiness at the end of your day for those things. You find God. You walk with God and you serve God. And you feel God's presence in your life and you feel God touch you. It'll mean everything. It'll mean everything. I stand with it. <coughs> I'm going to make a long drawn out plea for you other than to say this. You might be here. You might be lost. You might be here. You might be saved. If you're here in any condition and you need the Lord, God has spoken to your heart for any reason today, if there's anything, this altar is open to you. That's, that, that, that's really all there is to say. If you need something from God today, if there's anything in your heart that's not where you want it to be, then get down in the altar and talk to God about it. Pray and say, God, I don't want to have a condition in my heart that's not right. I don't want anything between us. If you're lost, the only thing you need to pray today God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me. Come and fall down and ask God and see if He doesn't open up the windows of heaven and pour out mercy upon mercy for you. Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, not even worthy, God, today to bow our heads before you. But God, we know, God, that our worthiness is not of ourselves. It comes from Christ. We're in desperate need, Lord, of revival in our hearts. God, I want my heart, Lord. I was reading the other day, Lord, about how the disciples, when they walked down the road and you spoke with them, their hearts burned within them. I want to feel a fire in my heart so hot, God. That nothing of this world even matters. God, help us. God, deliver us from the bondage of this world. The chains, God, 
of our culture and those things around us, God, that constantly tug for our attention, God. Help us to raise godly children and grandchildren. Help us to, to be on fire, God. Help us to witness and minister to the lost around us, God. Help us to be lights in a dark world, God. And we can't do that if our heart isn't where it needs to be. So this morning, God, we pray, Lord, because we don't even have the right words, we pray what our brother David prayed, God. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. God, purify our hearts. Cleanse our hands. Help us to draw near unto you and to forsake the world, God. We need to be done with the battle that we might go on and wage war against the gates of hell. Help us, God, we pray, to be mighty warriors for you. That no cost would be too great, no sacrifice too much. That we would not be pulled away and deceived by the enemy, God, we pray. Give us wisdom, God, to know what to do, where to be, how to act, God. Guide us, Lord. Our heart's desire is today, God, to be able to live what we read in Proverbs, God. That we might trust in you with all of our heart. That we might not lean to our own understanding, but that we would acknowledge you in all of our ways. And that you would direct our paths, God. We pray these things, God, that we might be better servants. That we might make a difference. And God, we want... God, we just want our life to count for something until we get to eternity, God. We want to make an impact for your kingdom, God. We want to bring you glory. Then when we get home, God, we want to rejoice with you, Lord. And the brethren, God, that are there. We want to spend eternal ages, God, in the center of your will. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you with all of our heart this morning. We pray that uh, you'll come back and visit with us again if you're visiting. You know you're always welcome. If you're in the play, we ask that you would, if you can at all, stay behind. We need to go through it a few times. We're going to get some pizzas and things like that. And uh, if not, please come back out to this evening and watch the play if you can. And uh, give us at least uh, somebody to... Performance in front of us. Right? We love you. God bless you. Have a great week.